We're going to continue today our series on stewardship. And I'm really excited about this message. And and we're going to have to do this uh, rather quickly. Um, But we're looking at um, Malachi chapter 3. You know, we're going to look at, we'll just start at verse 8. So instead of starting sooner, we're going we're gonna to start at verse 8 and we're going to go through to verse 15. Some of that will be on the screen behind me. I just changed the scripture that I'm reading, so the whole thing won't be. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that, you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a, great, uh, you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 13, your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, how have we spoken against you? You've said it is vain to serve God. What profit of our keeping his charge or walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant, blessed, evildoers, not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. This is God's word for us. Help us, God, today. to be transformed for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we have is a conversation between God and his, his people. And the, you, if you've been in church for a long time, you've heard this for a tithes and offering message. We've got God and his people through a prophet and God is bringing some heavy, heavy-handed correction. And um, I think that uh, we need to make sure that we don't, when we hear a verse and read a verse that we've, that we've seen or heard before, that we don't just close our, our ears and say, oh, well, I know, I know what's happening here, and so there's no more revelation to be had. We need to give money to God, and God will bless us, and okay, got it. And, you know, but there's a, lot, there's a lot occurring here. I want to walk you through a process that, that, these, uh, it, that the Israelites were going through, and it's a process that we go through as well. Uh, the process is out of order with the scripture because it's actually in verse 13 that we know why the whole conversation is happening. So it's kind of everything unfolded and they're all confused and they're like, why are, we, why are you saying that we rob you? He's like, you're robbing me of this. And, 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 and then he's like, hey, this is, this is really kind of more why this is happening. It's because you've spoken against me. So we're going to look at this progress, the end of that section of scripture we're going to look at first. Okay. So we see that everything opens up with this complaint. The Israelites had been saying, it's vain to serve God. What profit is it if we keep his charges and we walk before God the way he calls us to walk? The arrogant get blessed and evildoers prosper. Why should I live any different? Why should I give of my resources when they give nothing and they're getting more? Why should I forgive my spouse when when my, my spouse isn't forgiving me and she feels fine? Why should I walk humbly with my neighbor when my neighbor is walking proudly and they seem to have it a lot easier than me? 
This is the conversation that they were having. And so they started complaining and they started talking about it. They started, they started sharing these things. There's, a, there's an, old, uh, an old Hebrew proverb. It may or may not be true. I couldn't find the actual source of it, but it's that words create worlds. And what happened is they had this thought that, man, this isn't fair that, that we're doing all of this and, and we don't seem to be prospering, but they're doing the complete opposite and they seem to be prospering. What's God up to? He's ripping us off. And then somewhere it went from a thought to something that was talked about and it was a conversation that was had. It was, JC, we're getting ripped off, bro. We're giving our tithes and our offerings and we're, we're bringing our, 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 our money into the storehouse. We're doing everything we can have. But have you seen... What was happening with, with our neighbor? He's doing really well. He's got more cattle. He just bought another field. And he's doing better than we are, but we're, we're giving to God. We're not doing any better. Maybe we should stop giving, JC. Because God's not answering our prayer the way we want him to. He's an elder, so he said, no. He just rebuked me from there. <laughs> I'll role play with somebody more sinful. So he's complaining and the complaint rises up. And now what they were saying is accurate. There was some accuracy to what was happening. They were giving and they didn't have what they wanted. The other people weren't giving and they had what I wanted. Right? Right? So it was, it was accurate, but it wasn't the whole truth. See, what happened is they started thinking about the wrong thing and they started putting their own expectations on what their tithes and offerings should produce. I give my tithes and offerings. I've been doing this for a long, a lot of my life. My parents took offering out of my allowance. I think they gave me an allowance so they could take it from me. <laughs> and they taught me well in doing so. Right, David, here's your dollar. 20% goes into savings. 10% at least goes to God. Right? And, and so let, let's look at this thing. And I'm like, 70 cents. <laughs> Would a man rob me? <laughs> Would a dad rob his son? <laughs> right? He also took daddy taxes out of all of my good food. Um, ice cream and cake. And I've continued that, dad. Thank you for that discipleship. Never the vegetables. <laughs> You're on your own with the curse. No, just kidding. What? So, um, but the words we have, uh, they have great influence an ability to shape our reality. And what, the, what happened is the, the, the truth is that they only saw the people's temporary blessing. And they saw them in a moment. You know, and so they assign meaning and reasons to what they saw without understanding the reality of what they were looking at. What was true about what they were looking at. And you can look at somebody and think, wow, they're living, they, they have a, a great life. Aren't we always, you don't ever watch the news and have somebody be like, I'm not surprised at all that he murdered someone. We expected that for years. We're, we're surprised it took this long. I should have chosen a, a lighter example. We're not surprised. I mean, <laughs> nobody says we're not surprised that he stole, you know, 30 hamburgers from McDonald's. We've been expecting that. We're surprised it took that long. Right? It's always, I had no clue he loved hamburgers that much. I never expected. I see him grilling out back occasionally, but I never expected him to rob a restaurant of burgers. It's always a surprise. 
Because we assign meaning to what we see and we don't necessarily understand the heart of the person who's doing it or the end of what that person's attempts are going to produce. The weeds in the garden look real great in the beginning. Like, I'm a master planter. These things are growing so fast. Like, I just, I just worked on the garden three weeks ago and I've already got flowers that are like a foot tall. I'm a gardening guru. That's what I think. And then I realize it's weeds. And they choked out the flowers. You get the example? Can we move on? All their complaint led up to a crime. The crime is that they were robbing God of the tithes and the contributions. Now, if God has everything that he needs and he's completely self-sufficient and has eternal and limitless resources, why is he so offended by the tithe being stolen? Have you ever thought about that? Why is an eternal, all-having, all-knowing, all-powerful God mad that he didn't get my little 10%? Why is he mad at me for not giving my contribution? Because it's not really about the money. His resources are endless. If you stole, if you stole my nachos, I would be out of nachos. I'd have to go get more somewhere else because I'd be out and I'd be sad. If you stole my shoe, um, I would have one shoe. And that'd be weird. Because <laughs> I can't think of why you'd steal one shoe. But what happened is they withheld their tithe and, and their contributions, and then the priests weren't able to offer up worship, and God wasn't glorified. So it started, it started with uh, withholding of the tithe. But really what it revealed was a disdain towards God and, and a lack of willingness to give glory and honor to him. And it had this cascading or compounding effect where, where they didn't give, so they couldn't give, so they couldn't give. And now God's not being glorified by any of the people who should be bringing him glory and honor. They were violating the, the, the reason that they were exist, the reason that they were created for, the reason that they exist for, which is to bring glory and honor to God. And he was being robbed of that. It's not about the little bit of money that we have. It's about the glory and the honor and the esteem that we hold him in. And, we, and, and by giving resources, we're, that's just evidence of the esteem that we have him in. That's why we want to be, give significant and heartfelt and deep gifts to the people that we love. To show them honor and esteem. And for us, we do get excited about the money. Also, but for God, he's primarily excited about and primarily interested in the glory that is given. And in this case, the glory that was being withheld from him. Their complaint produced a crime. The crime, their robbery of God produced a curse. You are cursed with a curse, the prophet says. Now, could God declare a curse on someone who's robbing him? Absolutely. And he'd be right to do so. 
I think this might be a curse of another kind, a curse of his own making. I think that they were, and we oftentimes are, recipients of a self-inflicted curse. If I insist on always being right when I talk to my wife, it's going to produce a certain fruit that's going to feel a lot like a curse. If I don't pay my bills, I'm going to experience a self-inflicted curse of the lights being turned off, of the water getting shut off. God created stuff, and in the process, and in the process, and he created also a process to give us stuff. It's a process that starts with him giving us stuff, and then us giving him some of that stuff back to him to demonstrate our, our gratitude, our love of him, and our trust of him. And then it repeats, it rinses and repeats, but in an exponential manner. And as we give him stuff back, we're making room in our hearts and saying, God, I I honor you, I revere you, I acknowledge you as holy, I acknowledge you as the one who provides, I acknowledge you as the one who started this process in the first place, I give this back to you, and now all of a sudden our hands are open to be able to receive again. But as long as we're holding on to what we have, we leave ourselves in a position where it's really hard to receive something new. And so God's created this system. And they broke the system. They broke it. They just cut it off. God said, I'm going to give to you. You give back to me and I'll give to you. Bountifully so. It's like, no, I think I, I think I, I've caught on to something. They're not giving. And they seem to have a lot of stuff. I'm going with their plan. I know I'm supposed to forgive, but my, I saw my friend and his wife. He didn't forgive her. So I'm going to go with that plan because forgiveness, oof, that's too hard. Cursed with a curse meant that disobedience was amplified by a decreasing ability to obey God. So as they, as they, they broke off this line, it, it, started to, it started to break down. It started to shut down. So now I'm not giving. So they can't give. So we can't receive. So now, now what I have is withering away. And now I'm running out of stuff to give. And now I'm in this cycle where I've got very little or nothing to give. But I need to give to be able to get. You with me? And so God comes in. Actually, well, I, I, this, is, um, this is just food for thought. One commentator said it this way. He said, in trying to defraud God, we defraud ourselves. So men who retain God's money in their treasuries will find it a losing possession. He goes on to say, no man ever lost by serving God with a whole heart, nor gained by serving him with half of one. We may compromise with conscience for half the price, but God will not endorse the compromise. God's response is not to say you're cursed, rot, and die, which is our tendency. His response is to see them in their sin and to cry out to them and call them home. And, and he brings this correction. Through his prophet, God is pleading says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that food can be found here. Test me 
And see if I don't open up windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Bring it all. God's pleading through his prophet. Come home. Come right. Just come back. Give it. Just give it so that I can bless you. Test me in this. Open heaven's window is a neat reference that we, that we see in Genesis of, of the, the sky above opening and, and water pouring out and causing the great flood. That's the, the measure of flood of blessing that God intends to give to us if we would open up, if they would have opened up, if they were to have given, if they were to have offered, if they were to have surrendered and given God the glory that he deserves. He wanted to open up heaven and bless their socks off. He says, test me. And see if I don't do this. Jim Elliott, he's a missionary who died trying to minister uh, to tribes in Ecuador, said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And trying to hold on to temporary blessing. They robbed God of eternal glory, which robbed them of God's pleasure and the blessings that come with it. Jim Elliot ended up giving his life. Jim Elliot died. He gave the, the ultimate price to take the gospel to that tribe. More often than not, our conversation is about a decimal point or even about a single category, like just one line. Maybe it needs to be a two instead of a one. Maybe it's a three instead of a two. Come home is the heart cry of the Father. Come home. Come and show humility. Come and humble yourself. Come and give me the thing that I deserve so that I can give you what I want you to have instead of what you deserve. That's the invitation for you and I today. It still is. It's to come and give God what's his. For a God who deserves all of who we are and all that we have and all that we ever will be, he asks for very little, it would seem, by asking for us to commit to following him. For us to surrender our lives to him and to follow him. To honor God with our resources. To give generously. To give out of the overflow of what God has given, like out of the overflowing nature, how God has blessed us. I didn't mean give out of the overflow like what falls onto the ground after you've been filled. I mean the fact that we can be filled to the degree that we're filled in Northern Virginia in the year 2017. We are among the richest of the richest that have ever walked the face of the planet. And we have such great resources. But if, if, if the narrative is one of complaint and I wish I had what they have, we'll miss the blessing that we already are in possession of. We are remarkably, enormously blessed. 
God's calling us to also give of our finances. He's also calling us to give in our relationships. He's also calling us to give with our very lives. He's calling us to walk across that line and to talk to people who we would rather hate. He's calling us to walk across that line and to pray for people who we would rather see, uh, you know, get what they're, they're handing out. That's the call of God for us today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for, God, I'm thankful this morning that, that you evidence to us in this passage that you are a God who doesn't just sit and let us die in our sin, but God, you cry out to us and you call us home. You call us to yourself so that we can be rightly positioned to be your sons and to be your daughters and to sit in places of honor instead of places of shame. God, I ask that you would turn our heart's affection towards you and that in everything we do, we would would pause to give you glory. If it's just greeting someone in the hallway, if it's it's cleaning up the equipment after church, if it's it's vacuuming out the car for our spouse, or if it's it's reading books to a child, or, or serving at a food kitchen, God, if it's giving more of our finances than we've ever given before, God, I ask that you would be glorified through our actions and you would, be, you would be lifted up and held in high esteem in our hearts and minds. I thank you for that calling home. I thank you, God, for your calling home. And today we don't return just with our bodies not just with our money, not just with our skills, not just with our talents, not just with our resources and our relationships, but God, with our hearts. We ask you to direct our hearts. Change us and transform us into your image, we ask. If there's anybody here today and... um you just feel the Holy Spirit pressing on your heart and saying, it's time to come home. It's time to come to God. Maybe you, were, maybe you followed God for a period of time and you've run away and, and this is a calling back. Or maybe you've been looking over the fence for a little while and you've been going, maybe later, maybe later, maybe later. But today's your day. Can you raise your hand so I can pray with you? all right. God, help us all to advance your kingdom this week and not our own. To see things with your perspective and through your lens instead of our own so that we can give you all the glory and all the honor and all the esteem that you are worthy of as we go forth in Jesus' name. Amen.